Hey friends, let's go back to the 90s with our new book, Mixtape Theology, 90s Christian Edition. It's part devotional, part retrospective, and all awesome. Rediscover the wonder of songs like The Great Adventure and Jesus Freak as you uncover their spiritual significance. But you know, we couldn't just give you a book without some 90s Christian cheese. We've included some original comics and hilarious retrospectives. Michael Tate of Newsboys and DC Talk calls mixtape theology the ultimate nostalgic throwback, and Michael W. Smith calls it a great read. Mixtape theology will have you falling in love with these songs and the gospel all over again. It's nostalgia served with a side of renewed faith, and it's available now at Amazon and Walmart.com. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome to Mixtape Theology. I am Dr. Ashley, and I'm glad that you have joined us here at the Mixtape Theology podcast. At Mixtape Theology, me and my co-host, Rachel Cash, love to talk about 90s contemporary Christian music. We love to dig into the lyrics of some of our favorite songs and reminisce on where we were when we heard them, what we were doing, what we were wearing, how crazy we were acting, what silly things we were thinking about. We like to look at the depth of the songs, maybe even think about where we were in our theology back then and how we've grown in our theology. We get nostalgic from time to time, and yes, we pick it ourselves as well. I'm glad that you have joined us for this Mixtape Theology podcast, and I'm super excited as this is one of the podcasts where we're going to be talking about our new book. And if you haven't heard Mixtape Theology, the 90s retrospective and Bible study, comes out October 2nd. And so we, by the time you hear this podcast, it may or may already be out, not sure. But um, I hope that you'll check it out. It's kind of been our vision from the beginning when we started this venture to write a book. And so it's a book of devotionals. But not only is it a book of devotionals based on some of the top 90 songs, it's also a retrospective of 90s culture, and there's a lot of cheese and funny stuff. And so in light of that, we're going to, you know, there's other podcasts, we're going to talk about the songs and some of the depth in the book. But today's podcast, I really want to do almost a defense of the cheesiness of the book and talk about just some of the fun stuff to get the juices flowing, the memories flowing, because I know if you're listening to this podcast, a lot of you have the same experiences that we do. So to do this, today I have a special guest, and her name is Liz King. Uh, How are you doing, Liz? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Um, Welcome to the Mixtape Theology Podcast. And though our listeners are learning of you for the first time, Liz is the resident artist for Mixtape Theology. So when you get the book, there are comics throughout the book that Liz has written, and they are fantastic. They are going to make you laugh out loud at times. They really fit what we're doing. And so um, we are excited to have her as part of this project. And she has a crazy sense of humor. She gets a lot of what we get. She is part of our tribe, and uh, we were so blessed to find her. So, Liz, I can tell you right now, um, you know, hopefully this is going to go well. 
I've already told Rachel, you know, we do have an edit button. So I'm a little nervous about what you, you know, what kind of stories you might come up with in this conversation. Are you ready for this? I hope you're ready for it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, there, we do have a good comic in there where um, like how Michael Tate's hair has evolved through the yes, years. And, and thankfully, yes. we even got Michael Tate's permission to put that in the Michael? book. So thank you, Mr. Tate, for I giving us you, the Michael. thumbs up. That That's the coolest thing. Just think, Liz, Michael Tate looked at the comic you made of him and said, this is okay. He did? Well, I mean, I, his manager, I think, let him see it. So, yeah. So, anyway. Oh. Um, but. Right. So, oh, fangirl. Right. That's right. But I can tell you, so when Rachel found you and thought, wow, this is funny. She would be a good part of our book. Um, we met, um, Liz is a homeschool mom in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Rachel and I are just north of Nashville. So we picked a kind of a halfway point and we met and you shared some ideas that you had. And I learned when I met you, there's a lady at my church that her husband says that she is two Dr. Peppers in one bottle. And I think that would be a, a good explanation of you. Uh, you were all over the place, but so many creative ideas. And there's, you know, there's one particular one that I'm not, it's worth the price of the book and I'm not going to share it. And it was just when you shared this crazy, funny idea that had 90s nostalgia and 90s ideas. I'm just going to tell you, it has to do with what would Jesus do and true love waits. And that's all I'm going to say. You've got to get the book. Um, When you said that, you thought people will think I'm crazy, this idea. I said, that's why you need to be in this book. But, you know, you had another one where you talked about in the 90s, um, people were having supper and they had like salad and they had cut up their vegetables. And so there was like tears, you know, the whole idea of veggie tales, which, you know, um, God fearing vegetables, you know, in itself is kind of a cheesy idea. And then the fact that someone might eat eat these vegetables. I love that comic. Like what gave you the idea that, well, man, somebody just ate Larry or Bob or. Well, the humor of that is, um, well, recently, if you go on my page, you'll see that I was recently, it's going to make myself a veggie, a veggie thing. And then there was, I had a cucumber that looked just like Larry and one that looked like Bob. I was like, man, dude. But um, I mean, I've loved veggie tales since the beginning. I mean, I was an adult and I loved the Monty Python twists and uh, the Black Knight and the French peas. And, you know, and it's always been there. It's like something that's like, you know, the trauma of a child loving these vegetables. And then, you know, you know, it's it. OK, this is a twisted way to think of it. But you remember in the 90s when you had the Sarah McLachlan in the eyes of an angel, you know, right. you have these dogs behind the cages and it's like. So it's like whenever you had a pet, I would sit there. I'm very visual. I think in pictures and I think differently, as you can tell. But it's to me, it was like that mentality of like, I I, I can't hurt that. I can't hurt an animal. But but you're like yeah. sitting there and you love you, Larry and, and, and thinking every time you look at a cucumber, I was like, Usta. you know, it's like um, it's that kind of thing. And it's like you. I don't know. And, and as a child, I, I, I never wondered. I wondered, it's like, I wonder if kids ever think this because it was like, it's funny to me because I come up with these scenarios in my head. So it's just yeah. something that it's like you you learn to treasure your vegetables a whole lot more after you watch Veggie Tales. 
because maybe you have a holy or holy spirit filled one and you don't know it you know but no. right right so so here's a question for you liz does god have a sense of humor i studied about that last night because if we are the image of him we have a lot of his characteristics there's a fallen nature but their qualities god takes joy in us and if if a father is with the child, he plays with his father, he does, or the, not father, the child, and does peekaboo, you know, and he makes them giggle and they laugh. Laughter is a part of God. And I think humor, I mean, it says laughter is good medicine to the soul. Yeah. I mean, when we get together with friends, we joke around and that brings us, I think that's healthy for us. You think about what he and his disciples, they, they walked for three years with him. You know they laughed. I can't imagine what Jesus' sense of humor was. I bet they pulled pranks on each other, and they had fun times, and they got laughing about one of them. I mean, we could come up with all kinds of scenarios, because they were real people with, you know, real emotions, and funny things would happen, and unexpected things. You know, I think... I think it is a part of God's character on No It Is. Right. Because it's tied with the fruit of the spirit of joy. And laughter brings joy, and sometimes humor brings joy. Well, and you know, and I think sometimes we as Christians need to be reminded that um, like we take ourselves a little too seriously. Like we have to learn to laugh at ourselves. That's part of the book. Mm-hmm. Like anything that Rachel and myself and even you and your comics that, I mean, the Bible studies are deep. They like, there's great insights. The Bible studies are not like a little feel good, you know, two minute devotion. They're great mm-hmm. devotions. But we also wanted to have that balance and have some fun stuff. Um, like I love Babylon B and John Acuff has some great stuff. And yeah, like, I think, like anything that we do in the book, we're kind of picking at ourselves as much as, you know, picking at anybody else. Like we've just got to look back at like what we were doing or maybe even some of the music that we love. Some of it was kind of crazy. Yes, and, we had some good, funny songs. And like, it's just okay to not take ourselves too seriously. It's a good reminder. We can get pretty prideful and holier than thou, and we need to kind of laugh at ourselves. You know, we think about the humor. That's a good place to, to go. I was trying to think of some of the funny ideas just in the 90s music. And so my mind went to and basically this great um, the creativity and the risk taking of '90s music when Newsboys would put out a song called "Breakfast in Hell." Right? I love that song. I did but a like, comic of that Diver City too. But like nobody's doing anything like that right now. Like, like Everything a song that mentions Captain Crunch and having there's no breakfast in hell. And it's so deep. It's like such that's a deep, deep song. and serious, but it makes your head scratch. But then it's kind of funny. But then like, should I be laughing at this? But this is real and i don't know like when you look at the 80s and everything everything was more serious i mean really could you see a victorian person doing some of the stuff they did in the 90s i know that's really bizarrely out there but they were always even down to the 50s church was such a hardcore strict religious spirit religion of spirit of religion i guess you would call it it was very very structured and then when the 90s came all of a sudden christian music started being fun and there were other things that might have slipped in in the 80s but the 80s started kind of was a precursor to the 90s where the 90s was just fun and 
But then I, I guess one of my funniest memories in the 90s is with DC Talk. You'll always hear me talk about DC Talk probably, but the um, the kind of girl. Right. I think that song is amazing. The other night I met a girl, she looked at me so nice. Um, uh, she asked me for a date and I didn't think twice. A couple of days later, called her up and asked her out. She said, would you with me? And I said, blah, blah, blah. And then the part that got me, she's like, I, um, she said, I am an apple. Would you care to t- um, take a bite? And he goes, politely, I refused. I said, I'm looking for a lady. And she slapped me as I said, boy, you must be crazy. I mean, it's hilarious, but so deep at the same time. And it, and it really, well, and then you had other songs like Stephen Curtis Chapman had some really fun ones. We had, I mean, it was great. You had that. Well, you know, when when you think about Stephen Curtis Chapman, I think about him trying to rap and got to be true, like totally owning it and realizing that he's not a rapper and like he's a white boy, totally (laughs) doing that in a in a fun way. And you know, and yeah, we're not, uh, you know, we would never condone anyone mocking Jesus, but like it's almost looking at ourselves, and we, you know, sometimes humor in in the way that we're talking about it, just like that DC Talk example there's a deep lesson to be learned and sometimes it kind of lets the barriers down for us to well, maybe see things the way that we should be seeing them. Two, if you think about it, not, this is kind of deep here in the minute. I know it's supposed to be humorous, but if the enemy thinks that we're wants to joke around about everything that God hates and, and he died for and wants to take humor at that, we're the joke to them in oh, a yeah. sense. And God, through Christian humor and all of the music in the society, we took the humor in worship in a sense and, and made it for his glory. And it wasn't, you know, you understand. So there is that thing where it can glorify God. And I had, we're going to, let me get on thing on the shirts. I had Jesus choice of the last generation. It was a Pepsi shirt. Um, the oh, yeah. one that said, Jesus, so- um, what is it? Um, the real thing, you know, right. we got to do our ministry in a totally different way. Uh, I mean, I that's, the well, only that's thing another I great example. And, you know, and I think there's a time and place for reverence, you know, I mean, when we yes. come to worship and there's we're not saying just make a mockery. And but like there's a, also a time to laugh and a time to yes. be funny and a time to wear a Christian knockoff T-shirt that says, oh, yes, right, I want so, one so good. I well, want you know, one so, so like I. um we we do a, a thing in the book about it's kind of a playoff of Jeff Foxworthy. You know, you know you're redneck, so we know you know you're a nineties yes, Christian. And yes. one of the one of the things is you wore nineties knockoff Christian t-shirts and whether it was Lord's Gym yes. instead of God yes. or you know, whatever. Um and yeah, like the Pepsi and the Coke, the real thing. And I remember from my senior pictures, so this is 1992, I had a white sweatshirt that had the Reebok logo, but it said reborn with like the British flag. And I was so proud to wear that to school and witness to my friends with my Reebok shirt that said reborn. And it's so cheesy, yet we love it, you know, and those are the kind of things that are going to. I had a matching short and t-shirt top that was the Pepsi logo with um, Jesus, the choice of the last year. I loved it. I loved it. And and if you like, if we're going to be on on nineties fashion and the humor, you know that with Christian music, we always had to get 
with the world. The world had a fashion. And so you had to roll up your sleeves, you roll up the sleeves, roll up your jeans. The thing that never should have been born and it's being done again. And it's like, I looked at one guy one time. I was like, you're going to regret it one day is mullets. Well, you know, and I'm glad you brought up the mullets. So let's just, you know, let's repent from that. Let's repent from that. Now, everyone in the name of Jesus, repent. bring your sins to the altar and repent of that 90s mullet except for in 2023 that's the thing so um but you know it's it's great though like all right so let's just have a a quick little one or two minute discussion on these mullets because i've talked to different artists and they even make fun of themselves again it's so fun to look back and to laugh and even make fun of ourselves so who are our top 90s contemporary Christian mullet wearing artist. I mean, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Michael W. Be Smith. The, Michael W. Michael, Smith had a mullet. Yeah. Wayne Watson. Wayne Watson had a fantastic mullet. Um, I don't know. Clay Rich Cross Mullins. had Rich really Mullins. good. Who's that? Rich Rich Mullins. Rich had a great mullet. You know, yes. actually, I was looking for some um, some items to wear at some of our book events, and I went on Stephen Curtis Chapman's like his current website and you can go into the merchandise. And so I'm going to order this t-shirt. There's a picture of his mullet from like late eighties, early nineties. It's just an outline of the mullet and, and under it says, let it flow. And so lot or lost in the flow. It's like totally from the words of God. I've got to get that shirt. Really? You know what else? So what I thought was glorious and now look back and it was so cheesy. So, So around 93, 94, 95, I was an intern in ministry and we went on mission trips and we would bring in a drama guy from Lifeway and he taught us all this interpretive movement for these songs that we were in front of skits. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the Napoleon Dynamite, like the happy hands stuff, but we would do it, we would do it with. With Christian and ligers, and, ligers were flying across the stage. And so, like, and we did like so we did one to Amy Grant's slash. We did the Amy Grant version, not the Rich Mullins version, but sing your praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing. And we like had all this. It was like we were cheerleaders and praise to the Lord and the youth group syncopated. <laughs> um, and like when me and my wife find like those videos from 1994 on a mission trip in Michigan doing this with our matching hope and seeing t-shirts in front of a church. We're like, I cannot believe we did this. This looks so ridiculous now, but it, the memories are so good and we just love Jesus and we're excited to do these songs. And like, I can't imagine like our youth group here at my church in 2023 doing interpretive movement like that in front of the church. But to but to reminisce and think about it is so much fun. It is. It really is. And it, it was awesome. And I think that's the thing. We did it for the love of Jesus. It was all about him. And and man, some of it was hysterical. Like, and what was the comedian's name? I know it. Um Mark Lowry. Oh that, no, we're at Mixtape Theology. We're big Mark Lowry fans. Absolutely. Man, he is hysterical. He was and the weird like, Al Yankovic of Christian music. And man, go I love Weird Al. Up. Yes. Yeah. I love Weird Al so much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, and I also remember going to another youth group and they and I think a lot of people like did a whole play on 
Carmen's the champion. And it was like a boxing match with Jesus and Satan. And you played off that whole song and how cheesy that was. But in 1990, it was epic. It wasn't. And, and I'm going to go on a tangent here. <laughs> it is hard to listen to Carmen now, but I have to get past that. Even the very first new thing album. I mean, their very first, not new thing. That's not the first one, but their very first album. It's like, what the, you know, my kids are like, that's just silly. But no, that was our music. They, they're the only group that was able to mold with the, with the gen- the times with musically. Right. But I mean, it was a fun time. And um, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, Carmen. At the time I heard it, it was a dramatization of the Bible through an expression of hip hop. It had never happened before. Right. And you're like, and, and it, it, I, I joke around about this because to me, I always saw Carmen as a former mob boss or gangster that became a believer. That's my imaginal, my imagination of where his <laughs> backstory came from. And so it's him trying to be a rapper, but he was even influential in DC talk. But if you listen to the depth and even, even in spiritual warfare, how many of us knew spiritual warfare? He did. And it's, it's deep. It's corny. It's, and, but he, he poked fun at himself. Right. I think Absolutely. some of yeah. it. And he was great. Great, great, great. So yeah, Carmen's awesome. So we haven't even scratched the surface. We just wanted to get the juices flowing for all our listeners. Um, man, there's going to be all this and more in the nostalgia and the Christian cheese in mixtape theology that's coming out in October. We hope that you will get you a copy. Um, and don't be scared by the Christian cheese. Like some people are going to think some parts are funny. Some of it you're not going to get. Some of it you're going to die laughing. And, and it's good. It's you know, interspersed throughout the book. The Bible studies are deep. We want the prominence of God's word to be first and foremost and be challenged mm-hmm. by God's word. And um, but but sometimes it's good just to to take a breath and to laugh at ourselves a little bit. And so we're excited that that's a part of the book. And we're just honored that Liz would be a part of it with us. Um, you're going to enjoy her comics. You know, when I think of a generation singing a song as ridiculous as it's a big, big house with lots and lots of room and a big, big table with lots and lots of food and a big, big yard where we can play football. football. Like you think about those lyrics now, like how was that on Christian radio? And the sad thing is the fact that we don't have anything that creative on Christian radio now is, you know, it's, I, I just wish we did. And so, and even that song though, like, okay, that's good, a good example of the cheesiness and the fun of the 90s. But we do a devotion on that song in the book. And there is depth in talking about the house of God and the the place that Jesus has prepared for us. And so that's an open door into that discussion. And that's in the book as well. So um, I got to screen through it. And I but for me, I want to experience this with all the readers. I want to be able to take the song, meditate on, listen. It's, I mean, I've never had an interactive devotional before, a musically interactive devotional, and I'm very musical. And just to be able to listen to it. But when I look through it, it's like, I remember that. And I remember that, but I can't wait to get into God's word with it 
and see the depth that the messages were saying. And But as we keep the gospel um, front and center, uh, we hope yes. that this, this journey of um, memories and nostalgia will mm-hmm. um, maybe unlock some things that you hadn't thought of, but, but you know, but hopefully even in the silliness of that day of whatever we were doing, you remember the mission trip you were on or the church service or like just the faith of a child, the excitement yes. of loving Jesus. And to me, that's, it all goes back to walking with Jesus every day and loving him and realizing who we are in his grand plan. It's such a blessing. And Liz, I also thank you. hope, first of all, I hope you do more. You need to do a, a volume two and you need to cover 80s and 2000s. Oh my goodness, you need to, because Love, Liberty, Disco needs to be covered, buddy. <laughs> Love, Liberty, Disco. But <laughs> but yes, um, I appreciate being able to be a part of this. And I pray that your book just, God opens amazing door. I've been praying over this book for you guys. And so, hey, thank you, Liz, for being here. Again, Mixtape Theology, the book comes out October. We hope you'll check it out. Thank you again for joining us here with our and our Mixtape Theology podcast. And we're always blessed to have you Jesus freaks here with us. Blessings to you all. And we will talk to you soon. Mixtape Theology Podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. Find more Christian music-related podcasts at newreleasetoday.com.